Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 738 for the 16th of Kislev in a regular year. So relationship uh, advice 101 is that when your partner or spouse comes to you and starts complaining about their day, how they had a really hard day or something's going on in their life that's just really difficult or something like that, unless they specifically ask you for advice, chances are they're really just looking to vent. And chances are, what is this venting about? What do, what do they want from you? They really want you to just listen to them, to hear them, to see them, to empathize with them so that they're not alone in their suffering. And often, if we try too hard to kind of like minimize the issue, minimize the problem or fix it or something like that, it just makes it worse. Versus when we really sit there and we listen to the other person, when we really give them that space, that understanding, that empathy, then often that may not, well, it may not, you know, solve the problem entirely. It can alleviate a little bit of the suffering. And sometimes uh, when we ourselves are going through a hard time, we can be that person. We can be that person that just, you know, listens to ourselves, uh, lets ourselves have that space instead of trying to fight it, instead of trying to, uh, ignore whatever the pain of whatever it is that's that's happening to us to actually give ourselves that space and uh and acknowledge that yes we are going through a hard time yes this is a difficult situation right now and that itself that acknowledgement can actually help and now what's another thing that we can do to help this kind of situation this kind of thing is to actually go and realize that if we're going through a hard time, chances are other people are going through a hard time too. And maybe there are some people who are going through an even more difficult time than us, who have it even harder than us. And this might give us the impetus and help us uh, want to go out and feel a sense of compassion on others and, and help them, give to them. So this is actually what we're going to be talking about today, but on a spiritual level. We're going to be learning a new essay uh, in Kuntras uh, Ahran in this final section of the Tanya. This is essay seven, and uh, like so many of the other portions of the Tanya, the theme is giving staka, the theme is giving charity. So the ultra, if you haven't noticed already, was really, really into giving charity, giving staka. And now the angle that he's going to take with this is really interesting today. The angle is that basically, the unique power that Stucca has is that it, it allows us to tap into a very powerful force that is really only going to be fully manifest in the future era, but that is right now being held back because of the state of exile that we're in, because of our uh, the imperfections of our worlds and of, and of ourselves. So to start getting into the text here, uh, the, the Ultra Rebbe begins and he 
points out that in the book of Amos, at the end of chapter five, there's a reference to tzedakah as being like a nachal etan, like a, a mighty current. So what is this all about? And this this idea of a nachal etan, a mighty current, this is going to be a big theme of today's chapter and really exploring what that what this means on a spiritual level. So this nachal etan, this mighty current, right? So the word etan, it's a very interesting word, this word etan. Etan sort of signifies strength, might. In Kabbalah, it's referred to as the nekuda be'ichala, the dot within the chamber. What what dot and what chamber? What does that mean? So it's it's the Chochmah within the chamber of Bina. So if you've been studying this, uh, listening to this podcast for a while and studying Chassadis, then you know that there's Chochmah and there's Bina. And those are sort of like the two primary spheros. They're referred to as two friends that don't separate. That's the entirety of our world is really based off of these spheros. Uh, and, and what they are really is Chochmah can really be thought of as that like seminal point, like that intuition, that aha moment that a person has. And Bina is where that point becomes elaborated, becomes more um, more conscious, and we start to understand it more in all of its details. Um, so, so Eitan, the altar Rabbi is saying, can be thought of as the seminal point, as this Chochmah within the Bina. So it's a very strong force, but it's very, it's a point, it's very intense, and it's very dense, right? Um, another thing about about Eitan, which is really interesting, is that if you look at the letters that make it up, Aleph, Yud, Taf, and Nun, one thing that they all have in common, which you may not recognize uh, if you don't think about it before, is they all have to do with the future tense. So in Hebrew, those of you that know Hebrew, in Hebrew, whenever we want to say something in a future tense, like let's say if you say um, walking, you know, the word for walking in Hebrew is is lalechet to walk, but if you want to say so, ani holechet, I am walking. What about if you want to say I will walk in the future? Then you say ani ehelech. I start with an aleph in the beginning, ani ehelech. And if I want to say he will walk, then I would say hu yelech. I would put a yud at the beginning. If I wanted to say um, you you should walk, like you should walk in the future, I would say telech. That's you shall walk. So there's a tough in the beginning. And if I want to say we should walk, I, I say nelech, we will walk. So those are those four letters, Aleph, Yud, Taf, and Nun. So there's a component to this current, this mighty force that has to do with the future. And if you think about what is the future, the future is sort of like this mighty force, like it's coming at us with all extreme force. We can't, we can't hold it back. It's like really, uh, you know, not to get too philosophical or deep, but think about your life. It's like it's time moves faster than you can realize. Every moment we're hit with this incredible force of the future. And it, as we'll see, this force is even deeper than all of the, than than what we're even imagining on that simplistic level. Another side note that the ultra doesn't mention here, but perhaps it's like sort of hinted at in the fact that this essay is uh, at towards the end of the Tanya, the letters of, of Eitan actually serve as an acronym for the word Tanya. Aleph Yud um, Taf Nun. Eitan, so you mix it around and you get the word Tanya. So another kind of like interesting thing that Tanya is sort of like this futuristic book in a way. It's and it's this very powerful force that that taps us into uh, to our futures, to who we can be, to a lot of potential. Um, the Ultra Rabbit brings one example from Yeshayahu chapter 50, 52 verse thirteen that hints at this idea of of uh, these letters being associated with the future, where it says Hine Yaskil of that behold my servant will will prosper part in the future with that yud right but as mentioned it refers to all the letters within the word etan
So what does this mean on a deeper level? What What is this future current that the altar is referring to? So he's referring to this fact that in the in the future to come, in the times of Mashiach, then we know that this nekuda, this uh, point, the seminal point, is really, what is the seminal point? This is the inner point of the heart, sometimes referred to as like the pintalayid. Um, so this pintalayid, this inner point of the heart, which is right now concealed, is going to come into revelation. It's going to not only come into revelation, but it's going to flow like a mighty current. And this, and what this means, really, not just for uh, ourselves or our inner points of the heart, but for God, God's chokhmah ilah. So remember the points, the seminal point is chokhmah. So the supernal chokhmah is going to be revealed in our inner hearts, in the inner inwardness of the heart. Meaning to say, on just like a simple level, that this means that in the future to come, we're going to be, our hearts are going to be total, totally nullified to God's supernal chokhmah. We're going to be totally unified with God. But now what's preventing us from being in this state now? This is because we have an arla that's um, that's preventing. So it's like when a, when a uh, boy has a bris, we know that the orla, the foreskin, is um, is removed. So right now, for all of us, there's a spiritual spiritual counterpart for that. It's understood that our heart has this orla, has this foreskin on top of it. What is that? What is that represented by? By our lust for physical pleasures. So this is what Galus essentially is, is that here in Galus, we're living in this state of a lot of confusion where it's like our, our desires, our wants are not just for God. We want all kinds of things, things that are stupid even. Sometimes we know that they're dumb. Uh, reality TV, you know, junk food, whatever it is. And these things have nothing to do with God. And this is what we can think of as the foreskin of our heart. But yet in the in the future to come, then this foreskin of the heart is going to be removed. And then we're going to see this like current, this mighty current is going to flow. Uh, that's really going to attach us to God in a, in a total way where we have nothing. We're going to be totally nullified to God. No, no external desires at all. So this is all well and good that this is what's going to happen in the future to come. But what about right now? So the altar Abba says that actually there's a way that even though we can't experience this full current right now, there's a way in for us to, to tap into, to have a little bit, just a small bit of this light of God that is uh, understood to be in this on, the, on this aspect in this level of Eitan, there's a way that we can right now have a little bit of this light shine into our hearts um, like so we can get a taste of this future to come. How do we do this? We do this, believe it or not, through compassion. So remember how I spoke about in the introduction that like if you really want to help a person who is downtrodden, who is not feeling good, the best thing that you can do is to have compassion on them, to just hear them out. So here too, at this, this is the same idea. So basically, uh, when we were living in a state of exile and we don't really have immediate control over that, we can't fix it. We can't like snap our fingers. You know, the Rambam does say that like we never know what myths is going to tip the scale to bring Mashiach to come, but we don't know. We really don't know. It's not really, really in our control. It's ultimately in God's control. So this is a very frustrating thing when we recognize this. It's like we're in exile. We can't get out of exile. What can we do? So just like this person who is really going through a hard time and they just want somebody to acknowledge them, our souls are going through a really hard time. Our godly soul that's found within us, it's like, hello, like, why are you guys out there partying? Why are you guys having such a good time? You don't realize that I'm hurting. You don't realize that I'm in pain. It's just waiting for somebody to acknowledge it. And so really, that's the first thing that we can do. If we want to tap into this future era, if we want to kind of give our souls a little bit of relief from this exile, 
we need to acknowledge this. We need to have compassion on our godly soul and realize that, yes, this is not a normal state of existence. We're in exile. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be in captivity. This is not how the world is meant to be. And this isn't something that needs to be forced. This is something like when we have a recognition of the fact, we recognize that um, that the true our true reality is to be one and unified with God, then truly we should have Rahmanas on, our, on this spark of our soul. Because our soul, what is this godly soul? that we have this godly soul that we have comes from the supernal wisdom of god and it's not it's being blocked right now it's like this this our our inner godly essence is being blocked from being able to manifest and so this is this is what exile really is so this can really cause us to uh if, if we tap into this we can have we're, we're going to experience hopefully a true rahmanas on our souls and through this Rahmanas, through having this compassion, through having this this uh, empathy, it actually gets out of its exile a little bit. Just like, again, like when you talk to somebody and when you just hear them out and you feel their pain and you really acknowledge the pain that they're going through, they feel a little bit better, right? It helps them. It helps them a little bit. It eases their pain. And this uh, is referred to as, um, there's an allusion to this, says the Altar Abba, in the verse, um, in Yeshayahu chapter 29, verse 22, that Yaakov redeemed Avraham. So on a capitalistic level, then Yaakov is referred to as the attribute of mercy and Avraham is the idea of Ava, the idea of love. So this compassion redeems the love, like it, it kind of arouses this great love from above. Um, as And this is explained uh, further at length in the first part of Tanya in chapter 45. And um, so you can go look that up if you'd like to. And so now the next part that the altar explains is that there's this principle that we've brought up many times that an arousal from above, an asurusa de la ela, as it's called in Chassidus, is dependent upon our arousal from below. Um, meaning to say, if we want, ultimately, like let's say it's like we want, like now we're shifting it a little bit and we're saying that we're the ones in pain, we're the ones in suffering, and God is the one that's listening to us. If we really want God to listen to us, if we want that arousal from above, that, that, that's going to, that God's going to shower compassion upon us, we have to give God something. We have to do something down here to stimulate that. So how can we do that? Is if we actually, we can actually do it with actual gold and silver, with money. What does this mean? Through giving staka. Because giving Stucca. Now we can understand why it is that stucca is going back to the beginning of this essay is referred to as a nachal etan, as an actual mighty current. So it's like thinking about it like uh like and there are different ways to give stucca. You can give it stucca in like sort of like just a little bit here and there. Okay, I did my job. I'm supposed to give a little bit of stucca. I have to give a tenth. I did my part. Whatever. Or you can give like a mighty current, like just give, 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 give. And this is uh, referred to the altar that concludes here. He brings this verse from Eov chapter 2 verse 4 uh, where it says or bad or that a person should give uh, that uh, how much should we give ever a skin for skin everything that a man possesses he will give for his soul so this idea was brought up previously in the Tanya that uh, when we we're talking about this idea that like um, when it comes to medical expenses you know God forbid somebody has an issue medically we don't money is no object we spend and spend and spend in order to get well that's we'll do anything to save our lives so here too once we recognize once we happen to this like suffering of our godly soul it's the same idea it's like we would what wouldn't we give in order to redeem our godly soul and um because we want to shine the light of god called the the vitality the life uh into the godly soul so so for this we'll give anything so the bottom line is that 
a few things. First of all, that in the future to come, there's going to be this mighty current, which what that means is that the, the internal chokhmah of God is going to be revealed in the world. Right now, we're not in that state. We're in a state of exile and our godly soul is suffering and is in captivity as a result of this. And it's like, there's this mighty current that's just waiting, you know, think about like a dam that's like holding back the water from going. It just wants to burst, but it can't burst. But so the good news is that we can help it a little bit. We can help it seep through. The way that we help it seep through is first of all, by acknowledging the issue, by acknowledging that there's a problem. It's like the first, um, solution, the first route to a solution, the first, um, step in healing is is diagnosing right so it's like really recognizing like oh wow the godly soul is in exile uh, you have compassion on yourself you have compassion on your soul and that alleviates the pain the suffering a little bit and causes a little bit of the light to shine through but even more than this if we want to really arouse God's compassion so that God actually comes in and has compassion on us and actually does something about it and speeds up this process of Gullis and brings Mashiach already, then we should, we can um, really stimulate compassion down here below by giving staka and by giving staka in a way that's not just limited and measured out and whatever, but really just a lot, like a mighty current, like this mighty current of giving staka, giving and giving, giving, giving. This is like, we're just giving in a way that somebody would spend in order to get well, in order to heal. That's because we want to heal our souls. We want to get out of this, this exile, this captivity already. And this will cause God to respond in kind and give to us in that kind of way, uh, uh without measure and bring Mashiach and take us out of Gullis. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we move on to um, the second to last essay in the in Kuntrasachran. So we're really getting there, guys. Stick with it, and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.